0: if you can become good at communicating clearly what your message is, whether that's in a video, or on you know a long form piece of copy, or even a picture, the fundamentals at the end of the day are gonna beat out all of the tactical stuff. You're listening to Real Marketing Real Fast, the only podcast that brings you unfiltered, undaunted, Insider information on the latest tools and technologies for online marketers. Prepare to dive deep into marketing myths, breakthrough models, and cutting edge strategies that will have an immediate impact on the growth of your business. And now, here's your host, marketing expert Doug Morneau.
1: Well, welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Real Marketing, Real Fast. Today we're gonna take a slightly different direction on the podcast or podcast topic. You've often heard me say that never ask anyone for advice who hasn't done what you want to do or is willing to pay the price that you're willing to pay. And I think our guest today just exemplifies uh, an individual who has built a very successful business, scaled a business from a startup to six figures to seven figures to eight figures, and now looks like he's gonna cross the nine figure barrier. My guest is Taylor Welsh, he is you <laughs> A co-founder of a company called Traffic and Funnels, which uh, many of you have probably heard of, um, an investment company called Wealthcap uh, Holdings, and he's also the CEO of a website called Sales Mentor. He helps his clients build um, online digital marketing systems and drive paid traffic to them. They will teach you how to to generate these leads, but more importantly, uh, I think what you'll find in listening to uh, our conversation today is that in terms of scaling, a lot of scaling has to do with your mind, your mindset the things that you're doing the things that you shouldn't be doing so I think you'll enjoy this conversation so sit back get your notepad out and just enjoy the conversation today with Taylor Welsh. Hey Taylor super excited to have you on the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast today so welcome to the show. Thank you for having me glad to be here. So you've got, man, a ton of business history in a real short period of time and have built a very successful business, obviously doing more things right than wrong. So do you want to give us just a thumbnail for um, our listeners who don't know who you are, what you've done, kind of where you're at in your life today?
0: Yep. So we started a uh, advertising agency, then got into advertising and marketing consulting. Uh, It's about 2016, 17. It grew really, really fast. My business partner and I we were able to learn the uh, underlying principles behind scaling, which I think we're going to talk about today, got into real estate. We've kind of gotten into a lot of different things, but today we run uh, about 20,000 clients a year. We have a couple million dollars in real estate portfolios. We're doing wealth management training. We're kind of all over the place. Uh, We have an amazing team that allows us to do that.
1: So what was it like when you scale, when you started scaling your business? And we talked briefly before we started recording today, the difference between the mindset of um, someone trying to get to six figures and then someone moving from six figures to seven figures.
0: Yeah. uh, The hardest part that I've seen, and this is, I have the advantage of not only having my journey of going from zero to six figures to seven figures to eight figures, but I've seen a couple hundred people make the same transition, so I, I think the the number one commonality is what's difficult is at the beginning everything is effort and reward. To get to six figures is pretty much your effort. It's your, you know, make sure you're doing the right things. Mindset is important. All of the, all of the normal things are important, but you are largely rewarded for your time and your effort, right? But then you pass a critical mass where getting past seven figures and eight figures, you have to disconnect that. Your your effort no longer equals re- reward, you have to learn how to work through other people. And we could talk as deep as you want and as long as you want. I struggled a lot to get off of wanting to do everything and wanting to, you you just can't double your hours and double your effort. At a certain point, you have to be okay with earning money off of the effort of the people in your team and trusting the people in your team. Uh, You know, does that make
1: sense? It does. So what was the one, what was the one big hire that kind of got you started on that path? For us, it was the first hire was a client success director.
0: We had all of these clients uh, that were coming in. They wanted to be taken care of. And we went through that cycle that most client businesses go through where it's like, you know, we have to take care of the clients we just got. So we stop marketing. Then we run out of clients. We start marketing again. (laughs) We don't have any clients to take care of. And then we get clients and we stop marketing. It was like this yo-yo And we got a client success director in the doors in end of 2016, early 2017-ish. And that changed a lot because we were finally able to consistently work on multiple things at the same time.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, I think for our business, the, the biggest uh, hire we ever made was, um, I was just like you said, you know, reward effort, you know, based, you know, in that treadmill. And I remember once the girl in my office, I only had a, a few staff brought me in the, the mail and I opened it up and I was just flipping through the mail and I had a bank statement. I opened up, and I looked, and I realized that a million dollars cash sitting in the bank. Mm. I went, oh man, I guess, guess technically we're millionaires, <laughs> <laughs> but hadn't really paid attention and hired a CFO. Nice. A a part-time CFO and that made a huge difference and gave us the ability to scale because he went in, positioned us in the bank, made a whole bunch of changes on our behalf, got us all the limits, credit limits we needed to do to scale up our ad so we could run, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars a week worth of advertising. And without that hire, I probably couldn't have gone in there without sounding like a sales guy trying to convince the bank that this is what we needed to do to get set up and make it work.
0: Yeah, 100%. That's a great point.
1: So once you got your sales success team, um, I mean, scaling sounds great. You you know, you hear the conversation over and over and over again. You don't have to listen to very many podcasts. Do you want to kind of walk us through the process? So you said the first first challenge you had to overcome was, you know, realizing that you were going to earn money from other people's effort, meaning that you could actually go away, spend some time with your wife, and the money wouldn't stop when you weren't actually putting in the hours. What was the next major lesson you learned? I I tell
0: people... at events and conferences, uh, there's two different types of delegation because everybody wants to, the delegation is sexy and it sounds amazing, but it can be very hard. And first you have to learn how to outsource your work. That's kind of the first tier. And that's what we ended up doing when we brought that client success person in is we began to outsource the work that we were doing. And the second level of delegation is you begin to outsource your decisions. It's a totally different plateau. It's a different level of outsourcing, because the first is you're telling someone what to do, which is great. Everybody needs, uh, you know, executive assistance. Everybody needs people on the team who can do the work that you were doing so that you can move on to other things. But the second level to really grow and, you know, I'm talking like we have blown past eight figures. I think in the next three or four years, we have a real shot at surpassing nine figures because the people on our team are now making decisions for us. We're right. not just saying, hey, here's the work I need you to do. Go do it. We're saying you decide what work needs to be done and then go do that. It's a totally different level of freedom for me and for Chris, because now we literally just spend time on the strategy level in the areas that were the best. This is, uh, if, I don't know if you've read the Rockefeller Habits or uh, Scaling Up by. Uh, Vern, but he talks about the strength of the leader can become the weakness of the team. And that happened to us more times than I want to talk yeah. about, but eventually you have to do less stuff. The bigger your business gets it's such a weird mental transition, but you're now only doing the things that you are the best in the world at. No one can touch you,
1: you know? Well, and that's also the speed of the team too, right? Yep. You know, if the leader, if the leader is the bottleneck and needs to make every decision, then that's the speed of the team.
0: Mm-hmm. Slows it down.
1: So walk us through, um, you know, some of the uh, client work that you guys do. So, you know, you've had this this experience, so you're not just telling people, hey, this is what I read in a book. You're saying this is what I've done and this is the example. And, you know, like you said, you're going to scale likely, very likely past nine figures. So how do you help now teach someone to do what you've done? So for Traffic and Funnels, it's mostly centered around
0: people who are like what me and Chris were. Your client businesses, they serve clients, we have agencies and coaches, consultants, service businesses. And first and foremost, if you don't have cash flow coming in, you know, you're kind of debt, you can't really make great decisions. If you don't have the revenue coming in to support all of the uh, all of the hiring and scaling and service work that you need to do. So most of the work in traffic and funnels is around getting people in fixing their model. Okay. People are doing a million things. None of it works yeah. and really targeting them towards the one, two, maybe three things that they need to be doing in their business to scale. And so people will come in making $7,000 a month and it's like, great. You know, you've, you have know, gotten some validation and you validated something worse and we'll quickly scale them into a place of doing maybe 20, 25, 30, simply because we're not adding a bunch of stuff to their plate. We're removing things that are kind of dormant dead space in their calendars that aren't working. And then from there we have, we, we try to stick with people as long as we can to train them how to build teams, we'll help them source teams. And it the, the company itself is an advertising marketing company, but if you really go beneath the surface, it's an identity modification company. We are rewiring the way people think about themselves, their markets, their teams, money, Man, you know this probably from experience. People are so emotional about money. Yep. There's little pieces of paper that they have all of these stories about. And so TF is more, I tell people now, it's like it's, it's an identity modification program, really, where it's like people come in and they become bigger, better versions of themselves. And then the byproduct is more money, more wealth, more impact, all of these things. You just can't achieve those things directly. You have to become first. For them to show up, kind of sounds woo-woo, uh, but it's been my experience.
1: Well, I mean, you know, I've seen that, uh, you know, just on a specific level. Often, when you're working with sales teams and you're building salespeople, um, a lot of times they can't sell past their their pay grade. Yep. It's like, oh, that's that's five thousand dollars. That's expensive. It's like, well, what do you mean it's expensive? It's expensive to you, but there's people that can write, you know, six and seven figure checks all day, so that's not expensive to them. Yep. So how do you help your clients uh, with that mindset? Because I mean, like you said, it sounds like you're doing a, a, a whole lot more than helping people with their marketing. I mean, if their mind's not working correctly and they're not looking at their business right, doesn't matter, you know, how nice their funnels are, um, they're not going to be able to sustain what's happening.
0: Yeah. Inside our programs, you know, yesterday I was telling a friend, our companies between traffic and funnels, the real estate company, which is called WealthCap, and then the sales training company, which is called Sales Mentor combined the team created about seven hours of content without me in a oh, day that's nice,
1: that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: crazy and You look at that it's like that seems excessive but you got to remember that yeah, everybody's coming in at a different place and some people want some people really need help with that identity mindset piece but some people are like hey my my pixels on facebook is not they're not working help, help my funnel because it's broken and so we've segmented everything so there's probably between eight and ten calls a week just for traffic and funnels that people get on and they're getting counsel in different areas of their business. So at the question how is like, it would take me a long time to answer, but the the brunt of it, the gist of it is customizing the path. Not everybody, you know, there's all these group coaching programs where it's like you just, it's like a meat factory. You just come in and you you get spit through the system. We're very custom in that, you know, person A is going to need a lot different treatment than person B. And we've tried to create an adaptable system inside our client work so that if you get six months with us, your six months is going to look very different than somebody else who maybe needs something totally different.
1: Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. I mean, it you know it uh, reminds me of a conversation I had with Tyler Basu, I think, who actually introduced us. Yeah. And that's exactly what he said was just his podcast episode with me just came, uh, was just released uh, this week. And so he said, it's not a one size fits all. And I think you're right. There's a lot of, um, well, I wouldn't say a lot. Almost all the marketing practitioners have a course, a direction, and everybody goes through that same course. And there is no differentiation in terms of where they are in their business, their mindset. It's like, if you want to learn how to build a funnel, you want to learn how to run Facebook ads. That's it. Yep. Yeah, I, I did notice when I was looking through the products that you have on your um, traffic and funnels website. You've, I was surprised at how many products you had. I guess I was expecting initially to see what I would normally see. It's like there's one thing, and this is the one thing. And that's the only way to get from where you are to where you want to go.
0: Yeah, I mean, we created that that one thing when we started the business in 2015. We spent a couple hundred thousand dollars in the first couple months pushing forward this message of one funnel, one simple funnel, one product, one program, one thing. And I think along the lines or along the the journey, people that became like the new thing, but you've heard you've probably heard of the whole zigzag thing. For us, like everybody's kind of zigging and so we're zagging. So part yeah. of it is is just a marketing thing. But I think the other thing is a lot of times people don't there's so many options inside of who am I going to go to, to learn? Who am I going to go to, to, to get mentors, you know, and to get consulting from that for us, we, we do want to have low cost options so that people can with relatively little risk, you know, you're risking $7. (laughs) It's not, you're not going to go bankrupt off of this decision. They can get to know us. They can learn how we think. And so we don't have all of these on the website, but we've got probably 30 or 40 different front end products, that people can go from books to smaller courses, things that are seven bucks to a hundred bucks, not going to break people's bank. But all, what we're noticing is that, you know, the volume of people coming to learn from us because the risk is so low, it's really filtering through to our back ends in terms of higher numbers. It's like what Amazon has done with Amazon Prime. You know, Prime doesn't cost that much money, but when you start, when you get on, when you get onto that drip, you're not buying from anywhere else, and we're kind of thinking the same thing with at our information.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Now, is there a um, a particular client or an industry where you could share an example of how you kind of moved somebody through your process and and out the other side?
0: Yeah, there's a guy who came through two years ago. He's a personal trainer doing about thirty five hundred dollars a month. He had hired a bunch of different people, but you know the strategies that he was getting were like posts on Instagram and kind of discombobulated. So we we implemented with him we raised his prices. He didn't think anybody in the personal uh, fitness world would pay more than 700 or 800 bucks, whatever he was charging at the time. We removed his payment plan options. So we took his, his pricing from 700 bucks over six months to 6,000 bucks over two months, which freaked him out. <laughs> that's, that's why you have to have the mindset piece. Cause he was freaking out. It's like, you know, his relationship with money was so, so bad. Uh, he was like, people won't pay that. People don't have the money. It's like, no, no, you don't have money, but that doesn't mean people, that doesn't mean the whole world doesn't have money. And we fixed his sales because he wasn't good at sales. And he crossed his first $100,000 month within six months and then scaled from there. He's had a couple months. He's gotten as high as $800,000 a month. And uh, he was a client for a year and a half. And we literally, uh, we spoke six months ago and I was like, I don't think you need TF anymore. Just keep, keep chugging along. But what's cool and what I really love is that you know, this guy has money in wealth cap. He's got money in our funds because these clients come in, they start making a lot of money. They do not know what to do with it. So it yeah. just sits in a bank account, which is worthless. Yeah. And so he's now on the other side, we've come full circle. I'm like, Hey, you, I don't think you need to be a client of TF. Now you need to be a client of wealth cap. He's right. got money in the fund. We're investing it for him. which is just awesome to me. I mean, that's, that's crazy next level impacts and it is really exciting, but that's kind of one story.
1: Well, that's that's really cool. I and you know, to your point, um, there was someone that just couldn't think past that because it sounded like a lot of money to him. But like to your point, there's lots and lots of money in the world. Um, you just need to find the people that have got it and work with them. Yep, hundred percent. So, looking forward, um, you know, with what you're doing now, uh, what are you most excited about? I am. Uh, art business is this strictly business? No. Well, nope.
0: um, man, I. 2019 was the most exciting year of my life because uh, I did not know what true happiness was until I became a dad. It's crazy. It changed my life. Yeah. I had no idea what to expect. Uh, but my business partner, Chris, has four kids and he was like, Oh, I can't wait for you to have kids. I was like, I was always like, Do we have dogs? Basically the same <laughs> thing. You have to feed them and stuff. And he was like, Yeah. yeah just for yeah, sure. Yeah. But uh, honestly, like, I'm so excited over the next couple of years, like, I can't wait for my my daughter to, to learn how to talk because I feel like she's just going to be just like me and she'll never shut up. We'll have the the best conversations. I'm excited about the real estate stuff. I think, you know, we are having, you know, the impact that, that we're having to me is just becoming more long-term. Not that traffic and funnels is a short-term impact, but, you know, we're, we're with clients for six months to 12 months at a time on average and with wealth cap and the real estate stuff, this we're gonna have client relationships for 30, 40 years um, because it's long-term asset protection, wealth accumulation. I think I'm really excited about getting into that sphere of business just because it's the next iteration of of my impact. But then also just the team. We we're growing the team. We have about 40 employees right now with TF and probably 30 to 40 contractors with our real estate stuff. It's amazing to look at how how much can change when you get the right people? And I'm excited to see what happens with that.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I remember that when we when we had our, our, our first child or our first son. Yeah, I couldn't it couldn't have been prepared for that. Uh, the world nope. just changed. Yep. Oh, yeah. For the better. For the better. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I said, yeah, it's 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 funny. Um, It's it's a great thing. And like I said to you uh, earlier on, now we're, uh, you know, we've got grandkids and there's nothing more exciting than my grandson. Uh, you know, I hear him come uh, when they come over during the day. Sometimes they I hear him knocking on the door quietly' he says, "Granddad are you are you on the phone? Uh, so, so I'm not uh, on the phone. we can we can always shut the computer off and go outside and, and kick a soccer ball around and run around the yard.: It's so respectful though.
0: you need to teach me some things.
1: <laughs> you, you learn them as you go. <laughs> Just like in business, you didn't wake up one day with you know with 10 million dollars in your bank account, which is good news. you you earned it and then you learn as you go.: That's true, very true. I think the other thing that's interesting is because of your business model and the way that you're helping people to build a significant wealth and then now staying with them in the second side is as you develop relationships, now you have people who can do the things that you do. And I mean that respectfully. I mean, as your business, as your business scales and you say, hey, I want to go here or I want to do this, there's a whole lot of you know, friends and family who, who can't. Yeah. And yes, you can bring them and, and we've done that, but you, they don't want that all the time. So you start now building friends and relationships with business guys that like your style and understand what you've taught them. Um, They can travel with you, hang out with you and, and, you know, and, you know, do life. hundred percent, man. It's the best. In terms of your advertising, do you want to just share with our audience kind of your, your strategy? And, and what I'm, what I'm getting at is there's a lot of conversation uh, here and a lot of grumbling, if you will, around the social platforms, charging for advertising. And I'm, I'm assuming that uh, you have to pay for your advertising. You're not doing everything organically. Yep. So, so, so just share with um, our audience a little bit about your strategy for advertising your own business. Uh,
0: strategy wise,
1: we, we just run paid traffic. I think though
0: that the, the paid side and the organic side benefit one another. I don't think it's a dichotomy where you have to pick one at, a, at the expense of the other a lot of my platform you know i have a personal brand today uh chris is building a personal brand a lot of that has been built from the attention from the paid advertising side so i, I have no problem with that philosophically but we we run a lot of ads a lot of ads we have a lot of different ad accounts and you know. We're always testing people. People want to come out with the shiny new stuff every every year. Like this is the year of video ads or, you know, this is the year of long copy on advertising. I think the truth of the matter is that if you can nail the fundamentals, then the modality that you use is far less important. And by what I mean by that is if you can become good at communicating clearly what your message is, whether that's in a video or on You know, a long form piece of copy or even a picture. The fundamentals at the end of the day are gonna beat out all of the tactical stuff. So we run videos, we run long copy, we have image ads, we run a lot of emails, but we train our team like all of the time. If you're not studying the fundamentals, even if you're already good, eventually your work will stop working. And that's kind of a philosophy thing inside of TNF. I post every single day multiple times a day on Facebook, on Instagram, not because I need to do that to get clients, but I'm also, I'm I'm doing it because I'm sharpening the muscle or the sword of being a prolific creator. I think that's what people are missing. They see advertising as a means to an end, but it's not a means to an end. It's a process in and of itself that you should probably enjoy. And if you can't get that philosophy, you're you're always going to be complaining and bouncing across from platform to platform. Whereas for us, we're enjoying the platforms, we're enjoying the process and we're enjoying, enjoying creating and it changes all of it. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it, it does. I mean, it's interesting listening, you know, you've built the business, you've scaled the business, you've got a big team, but you're still posting lots of content. Yeah yourself every day on the social platforms in addition to advertising and you know to your point in terms of getting the fundamentals right and then not being tactic specific I see lots of um, lots of people chasing what's the what's the one thing yep and I said well if I found the you know there is no one thing and to you to your earlier comment that you think that's that social organic and and paid work together I found the same thing when you're running specific tactics when I'm running paid email, so if I'm renting a list from, um, you know, the Financial Times, and then I'm running paid social, so I've got uh, people that are doing shout outs for us, and then I've got, you know, Google and Facebook, you know, one plus one plus one equals 10, a post that is trying to pick one tactic and leverage it.
0: Oh, 100%. Yeah, it all has a cumulative lifting effect for everything else.
1: So for our um, listeners that are saying, that are, you know, sending back thinking, well, this sounds good. Um, do you want to walk us through the process of onboarding somebody? So if people are interested in, in saying, okay, Hey, I like what Taylor's saying and I'm interested in, in kind of their, their business model or how they might be able to help us. Um, what does a client interaction typically look like uh, for you and your team?
0: Uh, we have a lot of documentation on this to support communicating this. I think, for people who are sitting back like, oh, it does sound good. It's important to recognize we're not really an internet marketing company. We do help people with internet marketing, but we're a legitimate, rather large, people-focused organization. So there's a lot of documentation that you know you can find in, in various places. But to give you a 50,000-foot view, people typically come in, and right out of the gate, we have to figure out... Uh, what, what is going to get them what they want the, as fast as possible? Cause people, you, you can't buy, you can't become a client online. You have to talk to somebody on the team and we're going to get everything we need in terms of what you want during that conversation. Cause you might want to come in and build a seven figure business or, you know, uh, Jennifer, a single mom, she wants to get to 30 K a month so that she can be around her kids, totally different goals, totally different yeah. process. We're not going to treat that sure. the same. So When somebody comes in, we typically already know what they want, what their target's on. And from there, it just becomes, what are the biggest blocks that are going to make that happen the fastest? Because our average time from client enroll to starting to get results is less than 30 days. That's an average. The only way that's possible is if we can really manipulate the process so that people come in and they're doing the most important things from day one and they're ignoring all the rest. So... Most of the time, that is like a one-on-one call, figuring out their life, figuring out their assets, what they have access to, and then removing everything that's not going to get them to what they want rather quickly, which gives them all of this time back for them to do what's actually going to work. And then from there, it's just an iterative process of adding this, optimizing that, and being in an environment that is enabling them to think the right way.
1: That's really interesting. I mean, um, do people have to share their calendar with you? It sounds, it sounds to me like this. You, you do a fair bit of house cleaning in terms of looking at what they're, um, you know, what they're currently investing their time into today. the day.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not as crazy as like, oh, you have to show us your calendar. But it is like business. There, there's no such thing as business problems that does, you know, back in the day when John Rockefeller was building Standard Oil or Carnegie was trying to build a steel company, they had business problems because the, the 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 world was not set up for capitalism at the time it was it was not set up for you to be able to do what we can do today today though we don't we don't have clients who have business problems they they have personal thinking identity habitual ritual problems you know things that are like probably not totally business related that are cutting off their ability to do the right thing in business and so that's our our lowest hanging fruit is let's look at why are you not talking about your business online? Let's look at why are you spending 17 hours a day in ClickFunnels when that is that has nothing to do with your revenue. And typically what we find is there's something personally, something, somebody has told them something or whatever and we have to remove that, this is part of the mental process and then put point them into a direction that just has a couple of things
1: for them to do so that they don't get overwhelmed and, and quit. Does that make sense? Yeah, that totally makes sense. I've often said that people um, posting on social, you know, excessively is really, you know, just a way of of procrastinating that they don't want to make the sales call. Like you said, no one works with us until we have a sales conversation. Yeah. And so people do all sorts of things that look like work that I, I call them disguised as work when they really need to get on the phone and talk to a prospect. Instead of sending them an email, they should talk to them and qualify them. And then if it's a fit, ask them for their credit card and, you know, onboard them.
0: Emphasis on if it's a fit, which I think today people take that, you know, if if you have room on your credit card, you're a fit. No, no, no. (laughs) You know, that's a recipe for
1: building a horrible reputation online. Absolutely. And, you know, but I'm thinking back when I started my company I didn't have that wisdom so when I first started it was if you could you know write a check and fog a mirror, you're a client and then right and, and then you get a little further down the road you're going that's not fun I have some people I really don't like working with they don't pay attention they just and so then you can be a little bit more selective and then as you mature at least what I found is you know I have certain people that I know um I can really help move the sales dial for but they need to be a fit. And there's most of the people aren't a fit because they just don't want to do what, you know, I want them to do.
0: Definitely. Yeah, it makes
1: sense. So what's the bad advice that you hear around? We'll talk about two topics because we're in your business around uh, online marketing. Uh, so you're out speaking probably everywhere or having lots of conversations. Uh, so what's the bad advice you're hearing in the marketplace? Oh, we hear
0: a lot of times like people have been told that there's only one way to do something, you know, kind of That's part of our marketing that's changed from when we first started is like one thing, one person, one blah, blah, blah. But there's like new platforms popping up all the time. People like TikTok advertising and advertising on freaking all of these random tools. And I think people are just distracted and overwhelmed more than anything. It's not necessarily one piece of advice that's wrong. As much as it is, there's so many things vying for your attention today, because the world is literally set up for, I mean, we're in the best time in the history of the world for entrepreneurship. There's so many different channels, mediums, platforms, that people are so overwhelmed with options. And, you know, the optionality is actually hurting people. So I don't know if I have like one piece of advice that is like really bad. It's more like everything piled up together. And people not learning how to be selective enough that's, that's killing people.
1: So not not making a decision and being willing to fail or, test—you know—if you know, if you don't like the word fail, test it to find out that your assumption's wrong.
0: Yeah, like just pick one thing and you can probably make it work. And then if it doesn't work, just pick another thing. It doesn't mean that you you suck. You know, it just means that that didn't work 100%. Yeah,
1: or it didn't work for you. I had just had that conversation with somebody yesterday about a CRM. It's like. You can't spend a year to decide. Just pick one of these oh my God, yes. and 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 use it and it'll work okay. And if in a year from now, when you're making more money, it's not working to your, you know, what you want, buy something else, but don't procrastinate for a whole year and not move your business forward. Thousand percent. We hear that so much. Like
0: it's, it's completely a waste because most of the time when you're like in paralysis about that, you don't have any clients. There's no money coming in. It's like, this is the worst thing in the world to focus on. Just pick something. You can use a, a yeah. Google spreadsheet for all we yeah. care,
1: you know? Yeah, that's so what I said. Use a notepad if you have to. Just write write the people down. Yes. Um, or, or put them in Excel sheet. Yes. Yeah, Come on. Now, in terms of accumulating wealth, what's some of the feedback that you hear in the community that, that uh, you think people, or they're off base? Because you'll, you'll hear... Um, I don't know whether it's an excuse, but you'll hear business people, business people say often, well, you know, I don't think I want to scale to seven figures because of fill in the blank. So what do you think people are afraid of? Is that an excuse or do you think there's actually uh, concerns that people have around uh, accumulating too much wealth? Uh,
0: I don't think it's a wealth issue. I think it's a knowledge
1: issue uh, because, I mean, we'll obviously
0: and here's where ego gets really dangerous is, man, ego will destroy uh, your learning capacity because the easiest thing to do if you've had a little bit of success and then you start thinking you're you're kind of a big deal, but you don't know how to do something, the easiest thing for your subconscious to do is just be like, well, I don't want that anyways. Well, no, that that's not true. You just don't know how to do it. And it's easier for your ego to say you don't want it than it is to admit that you don't know, right? So I think people who are like, well, I don't want to scale to seven figures. They have some assumptions that are probably broken or Is some ego things. And I'll explain the two separately. Let's say that you have, you know, a family, you want to spend time with that family, and you're doing a nice six figures a year, but you're working 50 hours a week. If you think that getting to seven figures is going to require doubling your working hours, well, of course you don't want seven figures. That's an assumption issue. It's not an ego issue. It's just you don't understand the leverage. But then sometimes we get people who are like, you know. I don't want this or I don't want that, but really it's just because they're arrogant and they don't want to admit that they don't understand it and they don't want to pay for a coach to help them. Probably one of the the biggest things that I see in terms of like wealth accumulation is this is the this is probably the number one excuse is, "Well, I don't my biggest is my business is my biggest asset. So I'm not going to invest in anything else because that's me that means that I can't count on my business to win in the future." And I'm like, "No, that's not what that means. You just you don't understand money." There's some gaps in your education on the rules of of economics, the rules of finance. And so you're keeping all your money in your business because you understand your business, which no, you know, no judgment there. But for me, I've learned the rules and my business is not the safest place for me to keep my money. And I'm happy to explain that to everybody that I come in contact with. But that would be an ego thing of like people don't want to take the time to learn. So they just keep it in their business.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole, there's a whole tax side to that as well. I mean, there's, there's obviously the wealth management guys. And as your business scales, uh, like we talked about really early on our conversation, a whole different mindset, and you need to bring in the experts, or at least for me, I had to bring in some people who had a lot more knowledge than my accountant and bookkeeper um, that specialize in, in, in asset protection and wealth management to, to take us to the next level, to make sure that the business had longevity. Yep. Super cool. Well, two questions, and I'll let you I'll let you uh, go back to your day. And one is, who's one guest I absolutely have to have on my podcast? Mm, this is a good one. So, as a podcaster, I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure you've talked to lots of people.
0: Have you? Uh, this is
1: normally the this is the toughest question that my that I ask my guests. So.
0: Have you talked to Eli Wilds? I have not. He's. Uh, I'll connect you with him. He is. Uh, okay. You know, he he trained a lot of Tony Robbins staff on the sales side. He's one of the most brilliant communicators that I've ever met. He's actually a partner in one of our businesses, and he's just a good guy, loves people. He will talk to you for days on NLP, Influence, Advanced Sales Tactics. I would definitely recommend him hopping
1: on. Oh, that'd be amazing. And the most important question is, how can people connect with you and your team and you know, learn more about your company and get plugged in?
0: Yeah, so there's not one place, but there's a couple places. People can go to our website, which is trafficandfunnels.com. Um, that's for the the advertising side. They can go to wealthcapholdings.com for the real estate side. Also, I post all the time on Facebook and Instagram. This is facebook.com/ slash taylor a Welch. Uh, we have three or four podcast publications that we do every week uh, and usually I'm posting you know just a hodgepodge of things on social media. So there's a lot of different places people can go. And from there, we can connect. And even if people have questions, they want to message me, I, I love
1: engaging with people. So shoot me a message, I'd be happy to point you in the right direction or tell you whatever you need. That's super cool. I want to say thanks so much for being so generous with your time and being just so straightforward and sharing with our audience. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. So there you are, listeners, it's a little bit different episode. Uh, It's not often we have, uh, you know, entrepreneurs, uh, young entrepreneurs who have built an eight-figure business quickly scaling to nine figures. Um, So I would uh, recommend uh, heading over to Taylor's websites. I've been through the sites. There's a lot of content, a lot of good information there. Um, He came recommended to me by a trusted friend of mine And uh, I really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you did as well. Uh, If you've got some questions, make sure you connect with him and his team, connect with him on social. And I look forward to serving you on our next episode. That's all for this episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. Now it's time to take your marketing to the
0: next level by visiting dougmorneau.com and downloading our advanced marketing white papers, as well as exclusive resources based on today's episode. That's dougmorneau.com. Until next time. We look forward to serving you right here on Real Marketing Real Fast.